Hey everyone, welcome to space anime. We have we it, it is inevitable. We're really gonna get there. We're gonna get to space. Um, but for now, we're doing episodes uh, nine to twelve of Cyborg zero zero nine. Um, and these episodes were um, all over the all place. All over the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we should yeah, have yeah, yeah. a uh, count of like how far they managed to travel in just these four episodes. <laughs> also, just like, like geographically. Totally. Oh yeah, and totally Everything both. Yeah, is all over the place. Like there's emotional whiplash. There's locational whiplash. There's actual jet lag. Like it's a uh, it's a lot. Um, and yeah, you want to take us away, Kubo? Yeah, so uh, episode 9 starts uh, in a bunch of ice and snow, and there's penguins there, and I'm really sad because this is probably the episode where that penguin acts suspicious, but they didn't really say anything about it, so <laughs> unfortunately we don't get to see the penguin, but um... Alas. I, I think the penguin was actually the next episode oh, the next where they're actually in Antarctica. I think, it, like, I think it shows this base for the first time by introducing us to this penguin that does not have a gun. Yes, yeah. yeah the next episode is when they're actually in uh, in the snow land and there's no penguins. So It's most unfortunate. So uh, we get a quick <laughs> flashback of last episode with the giant uh, robot N13 on his shoulder falling off the cliff and all that. Um, we see a giant black ghost hologram. Um, he's in his base and he's yelling at these scientists for having 13 fail and they were making up excuses why 13 has failed. And it's like, 13 betrayed us. We couldn't have, you know, figured that out. And the, the, the excuses are valid. Like, yeah. oh, we knew it. the stealth would be beaten by water. Like, that's why we didn't put it out when it rained. <laughs> and then you put it out and it rained. Like, what? Like, how is this our problem? Yeah, we knew that ghost- giving him a soul would be a problem. Yeah, Black Ghost mm-hmm. is having none of this, and he, like, super lasers these guys. There's, like, 3,000 lasers. three <laughs> men to start this episode off. It's, like, turbo murder, too. Like, there's just, like, a bunch of circles on the wall, and they all just turn into, like, old-timey laser guns. And it just incinerates all of them, except for one who's left standing there, and he's just like, tell the others. But, no, like, what? <laughs> but actually... Yeah, yeah, so the guy uh, left his name, I think it was Dr. Buruku. I'm just going to call him Dr. Venture because he looks exactly like Dr. Venture from the Venture Brothers. Given him and the other guy in this episode, I legit think that that's like an yeah. intentional reference in Venture Brothers because he looks a lot like him. Yeah, so um, he starts groveling and says, like, I could triple 13's abilities. Just give me time to recover his head and all that. Um, Black Ghost calls out for the other guy named Zan Bozo. He is the pirate captain from Venture Brothers. <laughs> it's like straight up. Yeah. Yeah, made a tweet. Zan Bozo is yeah. just one to one. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So um, pirate captain comes up. He starts dissing Booker, saying like, "Your father was a genius. You're an idiot. Why is it? Why are you so bad at science or whatever?" He's like, <laughs> "Make order- better robot spy cyborgs." Yeah. So it's like, in order to help you, I have this new recruit. And so they pan over, and there's this guy in like super thick glasses and he just looks like a nerd he's like i'm here to help you know he's so. voiced by baby it's yeah the same person because the baby can do a really good i'm a nerd voice yeah. <laughs> anyway we're back over to gilmore's house uh or it's the kazumi's house gilmore and the crew are saying goodbye to kazumi they don't want to cause him any more trouble so they're leaving um, the cyborgs all say goodbye and they leave on the dolphin into the sunset i like how kazumi is like oh you're no problem for me at all and it's like dude you got kidnapped also, He's your house is blown chill. up. <laughs> He's lonely. He's yeah. old. His family doesn't visit him a lot anymore. What do you <laughs> want? Seen his house? He has a cave. It's huge and no one lives there. 
there. So the cyborgs are going to go find 13's brain and examine it because they think that if they do, they'll find Black Ghost's hideout or something like that. Uh, of three hears that there's another sub over where 13 fell into the water on the sonar because she has super hearing or whatever. And basically, the, the good and the bad guys had the same thought at, at the, the exact same time. Same time. Yeah. Uh, so we cut over. We see that Black Ghost's sub is using some arms to salvage it and whatever. So Seven wants to go jump them immediately, but Eight says it'd be better to follow them from a distance and see where they're going. Three says, like, oh, they'll notice if we try to get close. So Nine's like, I got an idea. And he leaves on this. Yeah, I guess- they'll hear our engine noise in particular is the concern. Yeah. So, like, they have, like, a mini submarine that's underneath the dolphin. They take that out for the next couple episodes and use it quite extensively. There are so many toys to be sold from this thing. Absolutely. Um, so we cut back over to the Black Ghost submarine. It's that rookie kid. He's doing a bad job of trying to grab with the manipulator arms and Bukuru, Dr. Venture guy, is angry at him. This happens all episode. They're fucking at each other's necks. Yep. Um, Comedy duo. <laughs> Dr. Venture starts monologuing about his daddy issues. He comes from a long line of geniuses and invented cheese curds <laughs> and was Einstein's neighbor. His mom was <laughs> Einstein's neighbor. I love That's that line. Level. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> what like that that it has no influence on genius you. it's amazing it's also very true to dr venture i wonder if this yes. really got yes. the idea from it's pretty great i mean the the original cyborg 009 is like that old it yeah. would fall yeah. into the time period venture brothers references a lot yeah know? johnny quest was around this time too well, i mean later in the 70s but yeah yeah uh so two and nine are following around and uh the sub the little sub thing um, there's robo sharks. They show out of nowhere. They start torpedoing their this submarine. This whole scene is so baffling. <laughs> yeah. So three hears the explosions and tells two, and two does some techno babble bullshit, and they shoot off some chafe bombs, and the sharks explode like in that nature okay. documentary I watched. One. So what? He's it, into their frequency. So what it is is that the. Uh, the bombs the sharks are launching are using proximity fuses, and he just like makes some material that makes the proximity fuses go off while they're still in, in the their shark. chest, which seems unsafe. It seems like you would at least want there to be a safety of release them before they're armed, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I guess I'm no black ghost. I guess that's where you know? in school I learned that sharks explode because their brains and sexual organs are made of M80s, but. Uh. Anyway, um, Bukuru, uh, Dr. Venture Dude, knows they're being followed, so they try to escape. Um, the rookie guy apparently got this, like, treasure chest with a note in it that... He uh, says it's the emergency <laughs> manual? Yeah, I don't know. So I'm not sure read. if that was, like, a translation joke or what. Yeah, so he gets this piece of paper and starts reading it, and it's like, if you're in trouble, lure them, lure the cyborgs into the Dragon's Triangle, because that's where Black Ghost does his weapons testing, and I guess there's bad things there. So they start heading off in that direction. Uh, Eight shows up doing his Aquaman shit and just shoots the sharks, and they explode. You would think they would have just sent Aquaman out at first, you know? Yeah. No. <laughs> and he, the thing he is, can't be useful. Best... <laughs> He's near the bottom of my tier list for a reason. <laughs> The best part is, like, it, it doesn't even seem like they knew he deployed. Like, he was just like, yeah. oh, God damn it, guys, we're in the ocean. Come on. Like, uh, uh, fuck it. I'm doing it. There's and a lot like, of surprise <laughs> androids in Windows in this set of episodes. <laughs> yeah, so the rookie guy and Dr. Venture are arguing about pressing this button that the uh, captain dude told him to do. Uh, eventually, the button's pressed, and this, like, it shoots out a torpedo with this, like, red liquid stuff falling out of it. And, like, eight gets hit by it, and he's kind of confused. Uh, and then, like, the... it just goes away for the rest of the episode no, until no, the he, end. He comes back, but like, yeah. he comes back. It disappears <laughs> yeah. for a while. He does go saying. for a little bit, a few minutes. 
Yeah, so two and nine returns to the dolphin. Gilmore explains that like ships go missing in the dragon's triangle. It's dangerous in here. Uh, we cut and back I was over. like, oh, I speculate that this is actually a black ghost testing site, and they just make up stories, but everyone stay away. And it's like, wow, you're spot on with your guess. <laughs> Got it in one, sir. <laughs> yeah, he actually yeah, guesses dang. the uh, monster of the week several times in these episodes. <laughs> yeah. If I had to think, I think it's the exact plot. How long, how long do you think he's been doing this? That he's seeing repeats of Black Ghost's plants at this point. He's like, oh, he's doing this one again. Yeah, we did this with the... There was a place called the Bermuda Triangle back in the day. We already ran this. He did, <laughs> yeah. work, he did work for Black Ghost for many years. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, the rookie and the Dr. Venture dude are hiding in their sub. They're goofing around because they're the comedy relief. They're comedy. Uh, yeah. Three hears them um, and tries to like alert the crew to that, but like their sonar fills up with all these dots. And uh, there's jellyfish outside, and these jellyfish—they're like electro jellyfish. Yeah, they like attach the dolphin and then start draining its power, so they you know turn off the engine so it doesn't get drained. I don't know how it works. Don't ask questions. Yeah, and this is where Gilmore guesses the week's plot. So. Look, some Metroids come out. Yes, and they suck the ship dry. (laughs) That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, so they come up with the ideas like, oh, all the cyborgs will just swim outside and act as decoys to lure them away from the dolphins so we can escape. Uh, Dr. Venture wants to fire torpedoes because he sees this happening and kill them all, but the rookie's like, no, and so they start fighting. That's not in the dossier. Yeah, the rookie's a huge stick in the mud. Like, he doesn't want to do anything fun, like blow up the cyborgs, so. <laughs> now, now thinking about it, the rookie guy kind of sounds like Billy Quizboy. He's got the feel to him, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to draw these parallels, but. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Outside, the cyborgs start shooting up the jellyfish, uh, but they're getting swarmed because there's like a million of them. Uh, they run out of ammo. Uh, it shows up with that red torpedo thing that like shoots the red gunk out of it, and like the jellyfish just leave. I don't know where yeah, he, he found, found it. He just found it on the seafloor, and it worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, three's like, okay, it's time to escape, but there's also something huge below us, but we're not sticking around later. And so they leave in their ship, and we see tentacles because, of course, you know, it's the seafloor. Of course, we need a kraken or something. Big kraken. Back on the dolphin, Nine is saying that most of the cyborgs got sick because the jellyfish have poison in them or something, so only uh, four or five, or four, eight, and nine because are Because okay. jellyfish are cursed creatures, and oh. they do always have poison. They have, <laughs> they hurt you, and they're in, almost invisible, and then they kill you. They're Fuck the worst jellyfish. thing. Mm. Tiny jellyfish are the actual worst thing on this planet Earth. There, I said <laughs> yeah. it. Fine. <laughs> yeah. well, speaking uh, of Nine, this is the other episode where the original voice actor of Nine uh, is still in it. So um, they're talking about the red liquid stuff. Eight says that it like makes them go away or something. Makes the evil monsters go away. The jellyfish. It's like jellyfish repellent. repellent. Yeah. Still worry yeah. about it. Um, so torpedoes start attacking out of nowhere. They evade it. Uh, apparently it's a screamer torpedo and uh, made that made number three go unconscious because it was so loud or something because she has super hearing. Because she's useless. It's a psionic blast. They basically, like, they realized in aquatic and naval combat, particularly submarines, having a psychic who can just locate people anywhere exactly is way too strong. Turns so they're out. like, oh, we need to knock her out because she's broken right now. <laughs> like, yeah, like, get her out of here. Yep. Um, so there's a new sub that's shooting at the dolphin. It's Zanbozo, the captain guy. Um, God, Zanbozo Borozo is such a fucking name. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I had to listen to it several times to get the notes for because I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. 
so there's a sub battle. Sub battles are very exciting underwater. Um, they go up and they dodge a missile. They go down and they dodge a missile. Yeah. Uh, Zambrosa starts chasing them with sonar or something. And he also wants uh, Venture Boy to do the sonar as well. But he's getting angry because he's like, I got 13's brain. I don't want them to know where I am. This is more important. And Zambrosa is like, I don't care about 13's brain. I have to go kill the cyborgs. And so they get angry at each other. Um, there's more sub shit. I'm just going to skip most of this because it's stupid. <laughs> Eventually, a torpedo <laughs> hits the rock. Uh, tentacles come out. <laughs> Surprise! I mean, the bad the guy's ship is, got hit. I, I like went through it and I was like, "Yeah, Kubo's right." <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's it's dumb. It's like a really dumb slapstick routine that doesn't pay off at all. And yeah, they get hit. <laughs> yeah, so the torpedo hits the rocks and tentacles come out. It's a giant octopus. So apparently, it was a biological weapon that Black Ghost was making or something. It's Yo, crushing. I want an octopus, but make it big. Yeah. I mean, that's just way cooler, right? (laughs) It's bigger than a regular octopus. (laughs) Have you noticed that every time he leaves a call, he laughs like that? Yes. It's a sign-off. It's like, goodbye. And then he hangs up. Every time. Every time he laughs. The guy loves his job. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that. That's how I'm going to sign off on streams. I'm just going to sign off laughing. It's going to rule. Yeah. Yeah, so the octopus crushes Zambo's a sub. Um, he's, someone's, I don't know, probably Gilmore says it's reckless experimentation or something. Um, you can't make an octopus this big. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so dangerous. <laughs> Cyborgs, yes. Octopuses, no. No. So, um, yeah, the octopus crushes the sub as it's happening. One of the guys on the sub tries to send an SOS to Antarctica. Um, the cyborgs hear this and intercept it, so they're like, oh, there's a base in Antarctica. Um, Dr. Venture Dude punches the rookie who presses the boost button. I don't know why there's a boost button on the sub. It boosts them right into Zanbo's sub, which explodes. And the dolphin just surfaces because, like, they're all dead or something. And now everybody's dead, <laughs> so we'll never see anyone else in that episode again. Uh, the cyborgs are sad uh, that they had to destroy the whatever, but they have to go find Black Ghost. It doesn't matter. Nine sad he's leaving Japan. Apparently they're still in Japan. I don't know. I, they were off the Japanese coast, I guess, which means that that SOS was completely useless. Yeah, that's a bit far away. Like, you're, you are passing the equator there, buddy. I don't think they're going to get to you in time. Mm. Uh, the last shot of the episode is uh, Booker, the Dr. Venture dude, and the rookie guy are surviving, floating away on a raft or something. So and they hopefully do more they show comedy. back up. Yeah. Uh, episode 10 is in Antarctica this time. You can tell it's Antarctica because there's ice. Um, mm-hmm. The dolphin is flying above the ice. Uh, number two's complaining that there's nothing here. Uh, Gilmore says Black Ghost Space should be around someplace, and then number three hears a plane someplace. Eight says it's a big C-130. It's not a C-130. It's like a C-17 mixed with a C-130. I was mad at that. Of like, course. if you're going to name an actual airplane, you got to draw the airplane correctly. Come on. I mean, it was it was just a fictional airplane, and then the localization team was like... Probably. Yeah, that's a real plane. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> uh, so the... Two pilots on board are just navigating and doing stuff. Uh, they look out the window and there's a seagull there. It's seven. This is uh, great. <laughs> he opens up the side of this plane's window. It's like a sliding door. And then just but, goes but and hold beats up. them up. Before that happens, <laughs> like, so the seagull flies up to the window and, like, sort of knocks on it and waves at them. And they're like, yo, a seagull. <laughs> and they just wave back. Funny. It's great. It's the most it's the most human moment of just like, look at this kick-ass seagull, dude. This guy rules. Yeah. And then he gets the freaky eyes and they go, oh no, Ooh, weird. And then he jumps go. into the window. <laughs> and then, ah. 
<laughs> you ever had the shit beat out of you by a seagull? It's so yeah, he funny. just yeah, he just pulls open the window, slides it back, and then just jumps in and beats the shit out of him and hijacks the plane. <laughs> like, it's very good. Yeah, so the plane almost crashes, but he manages to pull up at the last second. Um, and he starts hearing things. He looks and he leaves the airplane that just crashed and goes into like the cargo compartment. And there's a woman <laughs> that's tied up in the back. So we cut to the plane landing. Um, one is apparently awake now. They realize that he needed to be in the plot for like a half second. So he's yep. reading the pilot's minds and he knows where the base is now. <laughs> and, and someone goes, how can you read them when they're unconscious? And they were like, oh, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter. They're just straight up there like, shut up. Let one, do not question one. <laughs> like <it is. laughs> yeah, so the base has a guy named Professor Kendaro. Uh, the pilots are bringing his daughter there. Uh, four thinks it's blackmail and one doesn't know what Kandara was doing because I guess the pilots didn't have that information uh, the daughter is there her name is Cynthia um, she's talking with Gilmore 3 and 9 her dad makes machines and that's why Black Ghost has her he, but she doesn't know a whole lot and so Nine's like I promised to rescue him but she's like I want to help too and they're like no we're cyborgs you're just a person and she gets sad uh, Six makes some Malibu tofu <laughs> Malibu tofu mm. yeah uh, Cynthia doesn't want to eat it because it's too healthy for her what a jerk. Yeah, it's like organic tofu with uh, steamed rice or something. And yeah, she just complains like, too healthy, which comes up again. Thank I mean, goodness. If, it, if it's mabo tofu, there ain't nothing healthy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, four, five, seven, and nine are on a plane. They're trying to fly it into Black Ghost Base and sneak in. Uh, oh, no, Cynthia's in the back. She's still away on the plane, too. Uh, the plane what lands... The- in Black Ghost's, like, cliff base. It's just, like, a hole in the wall of the ice, and they fly right on in. Uh, the guards come up and take Cynthia away, and the cyborgs are kind of, like, undercover. They're dressed like the pilots and stuff. Uh, we got to a man who's tied in the chair, and it's in this, like, empty room. This is the professor. Uh, this guy, this Black Ghost, like, captain commander dude walks in, and he looks like the villain from Wild Wild West. <laughs> Go look that up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he has a whip. I'm just going to call him whip. I don't think they ever name him. No, he'll be gone soon. Don't worry. <laughs> so he starts taunting the professor saying like, you made Mad Machine M1. It's almost what complete. name. Yeah. Mad, Mad Machine, Machine M1. Um, the professor's like, you don't understand the machine. It's still not working. But whip guy's like, I shows him a hologram picture of Cynthia. And it's like, oh, we have your daughter now. We're going to beat her if you don't tell us how to make the machine work. And so the professor, of course, folds and tells them how to fix it. Metal Gear thing. was never supposed to be used for war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just he wants tells to them how to Cynthia. plug in the SATA cable. Yeah, it was like two things they had to do. They couldn't fix this by themselves. But <laughs> yeah, so he's like, just let me see Cynthia. Let me see my daughter. So um, we see a quick shot of the cyborgs. They're sneaking off the plane. Um, the professor guy eventually gets brought and thrown into the jail where Cynthia is and they hug, but oh no, he touches the belly button and it's seven. It turns into seven and drag. What a dumb plan. Like, it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, like, the fact that you have a shapeshifter, it's kind of easy to infiltrate places, especially if they were expecting to bring an outsider in. So in a way, it makes sense. True, but also from the professor's sense, he just cracked instantly the second his daughter came in. That's so, true, yeah. whoops. <laughs> So the professor knows yeah. that seven. Is- I don't think they realized quite how weak for you <laughs> how know, much of a the would professor be. would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the professor knows that seven is a cyborg, and like we have to stop whipped. He's going to you know create 
the M1 machine and make it blow up everything. And so they escape. Uh, they meet up with the other cyborgs. Uh, the professor explains to everyone that M1 is a combat weapon. It can take over the planet and it needs to be stopped. Oh, no. Uh, mm. Cynthia. Uh, mm. Knowing Cynthia. it, I'm a little. Mm. Yeah. Like, okay, imagine, you know what, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I, I have some words about what their plan was going to be here, but... um. Cynthia is uh, immediately upset by this. She says that mom died in war to a weapon like that. And then the professor tries to explain, like, listen, I had a reason. But Cynthia's like, no, weapons are for killing. And then starts crying. And she doesn't know why her father would create a weapon that killed mother or something. They, they phrase this entire scene really stupidly. And they keep calling it like... Well, it's- what it is is it's her, her mom or, you know, his wife was killed in a war i guess with like a gun <laughs> and so she's just like why would you make also gun and he's Weapons? like no it's not really gun Ugh. and she's like i don't want to listen <laughs> no well, and, and of course the other like obvious text of this is all the androids all the cyborgs are we just weapons kind of thing yeah. There's a lot of cuts to the cyborg's faces going like mm, whenever she's talking about why did you make a weapon weapons are always bad including yeah one part where i think like six just looks over and he's like hey this uh this weapon wants to go get some lunch yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. so uh yeah they like hey nine you're good at dealing with crying women go take her away and then professor four five (laughs) and seven just go run hey nine you're a hunk go go help that's yeah. his real power. Rescuing the ladies is definitely his power. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they start sneaking around. Uh, Cynthia starts monologuing about her backstory. Uh, Dad went away after Mom died and said it was important that he had to go work. And she waited at home, but he never came home. And now he, she found out he's building an awful weapon. And there you How go. There's the backstory. He? Yeah. Uh, how could he make M1? And she has those like terrible lines like, "What justifies making weapons to kill when Mom was killed with a weapon?" <laughs> Like it's so four kids, I love it. Yeah, it's really badly translated. If only she was killed with bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> it would all be different. I wouldn't have a complex about it. So uh, Nine tries to appeal to her, saying like the professor didn't tell him how to finish it. He stuck out and was tortured for you, and you don't want to lose your dad, right? And I never had a family. I'm an orphan. It's very he contrived. plays the orphan card yeah it's look we have 30 seconds and i have to get this appeal done we need to go <laughs> <laughs> so um elsewhere on the dolphin three years that they tripped an alarm and now everybody knows that they're in the base so they take the dolphin up out of the water and fly it towards the base um there's a bunch of dudes five eventually five actually has a moment of fighting in this episode he stands in the way of bullets that's all he does Yep. He opens a door, too, eventually. Oh, yes, he does, yeah. He did end up going up one space on my tier list for that, taking bullets (laughs) like a champ. He's still, like, third bottom, but... High-grade weapons fire. Went up one. He just walked down a hallway and was a barrier. That's pretty handy. Yeah, (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, so they fight a bunch of grunt soldiers. By the way, how do you get grunt soldiers in Antarctica? Like, there's just, like, mook dudes. Like, do you put out a Craigslist ad for that? Great benefits. <laughs> Great Must want to live in Antarctica. I swear all the bad yeah. ones Sorry. went. Must be willing to relocate is actually how that would be listed. <laughs> and you know, just great profit sharing program, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we cut over to Whip. He's yelling at scientists, telling them to get the M1 weapon ready. Um, Nine and Cynthia are sneaking outside. Uh, four, seven, four, five, and seven get to the lab and hear rumbling up below. And then... Outside, they have this big dome thing. This weapon comes out of the dome. It's this stupid ass looking tank with like a ray gun at the top. <laughs> it's a tank it's with like most, a dish on it. 
It's like Dr. Wily shit with yes, no skull. It's extremely like, Dr. Wily. Oh, Wily with no skull. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, Especially because nice. after it raises up and like rolls out onto the ground, uh, Whip basically just pops up out of the side of it. Like he literally comes up like he's on a stage coming through a trap door and it's so fucking good. <laughs> now yeah, is- the mad machine M1 is complete. Yeah, so he throws his monologue line and then like, I thought it was going to fire a giant laser. Instead it just no. sends out this like wave thingies. Yeah. yeah, get ready for that really annoying noise that you can't uh, unhear yeah. for the rest of the episode. It's like a 2,000 or 20,000 hertz sine wave or something. Yep. Yeah, so all the cyborgs start immediately having headaches and they can't do anything and they're passing out. Uh, the professor meets up with Gilmore and then he explains that M1 disables all weapons via some EMP technobabble magic. And so it's it the shuts cyborgs down are- your weapons and our cyborgs are weapons. What? <sighs> And there's no way to neutralize the effect. So my question was, he said earlier, this weapon could take over the world. And let's assume for a second, it somehow disables all sorts of weapons around the world. You know, even like, let's say knives don't even work. So really what <laughs> no, I'm hearing... my knives have been electromagnetically disabled. Yeah, so let's say that anyway. So what you're saying is, unless Black Ghost is like a WWE wrestler, he's not taking over jack shit. <laughs> also, what we're saying is uh, this is the Gundam Wing plot. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Basically. You know what? You know what doesn't have electronics in it? Uh, most guns, right? Yeah. <laughs> like just a Could gun, really like a 1911 AK? pistol. Yeah, just like a Smith and Wesson 500. Just not. I mean, like, how not is this, affected. How is this going to stop someone from just picking up a rock and hitting another dude? <laughs> or that be the or most picking up, up a thing? rock and hitting the tank, which is more or less what the team does. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Whip is uh, turning up the power. They're all screaming. He eventually turns it up to 11 because he's a fucking idiot. This causes, like, the ice to crack around him. Um, And then, like, magically, the M1 catches on fire and just stops working. And so Whip runs away. Uh, Well, was it Six managed to, like, wake up enough to dig under the ice? Yeah, the ice cracks, so he dug in the ground. It was like Gilmore was talking to him, and he was like, what is it? He's like, well, it's electromagnetic waves, I think, that are shattering my brain. He's like, electromagnetic, wait, six, get over here, get up, get up. And just like kind of slaps him awake, and he's like, barrel underground, get his ass, because EMP doesn't go through the ground, which, yeah, sure. Sure, science. That's sure. just science. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That so, works. So uh, Whip somehow got in this plane. I don't know. He's flying around the plane. The dome... Yeah, that does happen, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, the dome that was there opens up and shoots out these big, like, turrets, and there's tanks, and so they just start blowing up the cyborg people. Again, uh, there were a lot of mooks involved in this. Yeah, so there's big explosions. Uh, Whip then, of course, does his whole cackling, think that they're dead, but they, are, of course, are not. Well, they're not because Seven transformed into, like, I don't know what it was, but a big protective thing and covered <laughs> them all. Once again, Seven unkillable he's invincible <laughs> he uh did um oh what's the i think it's called wonder pudding in wonderful <laughs> yes. like that exact move where he just turned into a big old jello and just absorbed the hit yeah <laughs> yeah so uh two then jets off and somehow makes whips plane shoot the m1 which makes the M1 do the electromagnetic thing again. I don't know. It was on fire. But My favorite makes... thing about 2 is that every time he goes and does something, he goes, watch this. And then <laughs> the scene starts and he does a cool thing. And then he's like, check this hey. out. <laughs> he is extremely the hold my beer android. <laughs> I mean, if you were the first person to have, like, check this out. Think about it. 
every other android before you or every cyborg before you is a baby yeah and that's it that's, that's it. the full list that's the one. <laughs> yeah like, and then you've got hyper speed and flight like hell yeah i'm gonna be cocky as fuck like absolutely hell like, yeah yes yeah, so uh, two makes him shoot the plane, or shoot, the plane shoot M1, and then the M1 makes his plane not work in a very I am a genius, oh no moment. Uh, he crashes <laughs> and explodes. Uh, later, the professor gives a big explanation about everything. Apparently, Black Ghost lied to him after he lost his wife, saying, like, I can help you make a weapon that stops all weapons. So he kind of appealed to his, you know, grief, and that's why he made that weapon. My wife was killed by a gun. I need to stop all guns. That's it, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he asked Cynthia for forgiveness, and I guess they fly away on a plane, and that's it. <laughs> There's no real closure to any of these episodes. No, like I guess the two just flew them off to Chile or something. Like these are very that's kind much of the like, implication. Yeah, these are very much like Wusha Dend moments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so we had a bunch of fights ones. Now we got to have like a sentimental backstory episode. This is episode 11. This fucking episode has <laughs> one of the wildest moments. Like I almost have to go like clip it and post it on Twitter out of context because spoilers, the gargoyles yell at a lady that she needs to dance. <laughs> of, dude, the, she just wants to dance. That's all she wants, wants to, to do. Dance. I that just doesn't happen to you. Dance. <laughs> In Gargoyles our, don't come up to you and tell you to dance. What life are you living? And so, uh, for, so, for the record, uh, the rest of these, uh, I took these notes like as we, I just watched the episode and just kind of take notes. I don't really need to rewatch anything because like this plot line is kind of simple. Uh, but there's fair. very stream of consciousness notes towards the end of this, and uh, it's kind of intended that way. So we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, it works for the end of this. Yeah, so um, th- we see three as a kid. She's watching a movie. She's talking about the movie. It's The Red Shoes. It's a film about a ballerina who couldn't stop dancing because she put on these magic shoes or something. She loved to dance so much that she just danced like an all-nighter. And apparently it was supposed to be a horror film, which she mentions like 12 <laughs> times and never explains why it was supposed to be scary. Well, it's a horror film because she literally cannot stop dancing and she can't take them off. And basically everyone who does that ends up with no feet at the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. For reference, Red Shoes is a real film that came out in 1948. Hmm. Mm. So, um, yeah, three began ballet because of that. Um, We see a montage of her growing up and getting good at it. Uh, She was on her way to becoming a promising dancer, but Black Ghost took it all away. I'm glad a literal robot had a wow, cool robot moment about a ballerina shoe movie. (laughs) It's like, oh, what's the point of this? Uh, Dancing's great. That's the point to me. That's what I took from that one. I mean, yep. it, it was a literal child, so yeah, I'll give it a pass. <laughs> Shouldn't have let her watch Black Swan. <laughs> so, <laughs> God damn it. We, uh, Imagine like a, like a seven-year-old watching Black Swan and then just being like, yay. I love ballet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, three and nine are now in that boat thing from earlier. They land on a beach. Um Three starts talking, saying, like, I can't believe I'm spending Christmas in Paris. Thank you. So they have now gone from Japan to Antarctica to Paris. Yeah, you know, that's, you gotta fucking, if you had a dolphin boat submarine plane that could fly millions of miles an hour, wouldn't you just take it wherever you wanted? Fair. Yeah. So Nine's like, I'll be back later to pick you up because I'm apparently your father or something that needs a chaperone you. Uh, back on the dolphin, Six is concerned for her well-being. Seven makes some joke about, well, how old really is she? And then they say, like, oh, you know, she can hear us. And he gets all embarrassed. 
Uh, Gilmore's like, yeah, she could use a break. Paris is cool. It's Christmas. Who cares? Uh, we cut to her. She's having coffee, walking around Paris. She's having a great time. Uh, she walks by her old apartment and says that it hasn't changed. We see a flashback to her leaning out the window, yelling to Jean-Paul. Because, of course, it's Jean-Paul. Jean-Paul. Yeah, he's on a motorcycle. Uh, a plane flies overhead. Um, there's a Santa on it or something. We see a flashback to Jean-Paul doing stunts in a biplane. I gotta, how do you get to be a biplane stunt pilot? <laughs> I, I think you kind of just <laughs> fall into it, really. In post-war France? Yeah. I, whatever. Um, she We see the biplane with uh, Jean-Paul land in a field, and she runs over to it and says that she got a call from the ballet company. She's going to be their new star or something, and they're laughing and having a great time. Uh, Jean-Paul Yay. is her brother, and that comes out there. Later on, they're in a restaurant. Uh, they're talking about money. Like She's like, I can be a cool dancer now. You don't have to support me anymore. And I'm concerned about your stunts. Your biplane's uh, really old. It's father's, and it's a piece of crap, and I don't want you flying. It worries me. And he's like, don't worry about it. Just dance. Go he's super dance. defensive. Yeah, he's just like, no, like, let, you'll have more costumes you need to get. So let me keep providing. Like, clearly he just wants to help yes. <laughs> more than anything. This begs the question, which pays more, stunt biplane pilot or professional ballet dancer? I mean, it depends on how high up you are, but it probably takes quite (laughs) a while, like, until you're in the Moscow Ballet before it evens out. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm going to probably say pilot, because, like, I don't know, at the very least, if you're a stunt plane pilot, you probably can get, like, some kind of license to do some kind of commercial work until you can make the stunt part You could run signs over the beach for Geico. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yes. Um, so the flashback ends. Uh, she's kind of sad thinking about to her brother and all that. Um, she's walking around Paris. She walks by a ballet studio. Some students walk out. Uh, she immediately spots one of them and it's like, oh, that looks like Natalie. And there's a flashback to her when she was younger with this girl that looks exactly like the one that just walked out of the studio. Um, like, I don't remember what's in the flashback. It's them doing ballet stuff mostly. The, yeah, she was, you know, yeah. they're ballet friends. That's the whole flashback. Yeah. Uh, so she's like, oh, Natalie, and talks to the girls that are walking out, but it's like, oh, it's a mistake. I mistook you for someone. Um, the girl says something really weird here. I don't remember exactly what it is, I think it's something though. about ballet groupie or something. Yeah, yeah. maybe she's a ballet yeah. groupie, and then they all go, hee, hee, Yeah, it's weird. And then walk off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she monologues her bit how, you know, time goes on, even though things look the same here and whatever. Paris is the same in 19... 19- <laughs> Uh, back on the dolphin it's surface just floating around uh four is on the deck looking wistfully out towards paris paris is kind of inland i don't know <laughs> maybe they had yeah. to drive through the country for a little bit <laughs> yeah. uh seven walks into the scene says you know gilmore made a feast uh but there's no christmas spirit on the ship and it's like nine's not here either because he's going to pick up three or something and so four is like you know i'll just gotta stand out here and look at the shore but, i don't need to eat i'm more robot than man yeah, Seven talks about, you know, this reminds me of all the wild Christmas parties I used to have with my theater buddies, because, of course, Seven was in theater. That guy's a theater major. You, I, oh, you know? Yeah. That, there was a detail that came up, and I think it was last episode, because it was after they got hit by the jellyfish, I want to say. And it was four mentions when the rest of them are, like, being knocked out by the jellyfish stuff, and he's like, oh, yeah, everyone else is unconscious. They're like, what about you? He's like... I have barely any human parts left. <laughs> like, <laughs> apparently that's just a thing where, like, some of them have most of their human bodies still, but, like, More four More fleshy is, bits than I others. 
for what it may for what it's worth it does make sense that the guy who is constructed of guns probably has <laughs> less human parts than the rest of them yeah, so, like, like, near too yeah he like shoots yeah. bullets out of his hand and has a broken knee missile thing so yeah um yeah seven was talking about his wild christmas parties with the theater buddies um four brings up the fact that apparently they're going to britain next i don't know because um, seven is english in yeah. fact his name well i think we'll get there next episode <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Seven asks about Four's home. Uh, Four is like, I'd rather be frozen than spend time in my home country. There's a lot of painful memories there, which makes a whole lot of sense because he's from East Berlin after the war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and his I, wife died trying to escape. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about the husband yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah he's, wife. he's wife guy. He's wife guy. <laughs> Yeah, so back in Paris, uh, Three's walking around. She thinks she's being followed, so she uses her like super hearing stuff, but she can't pinpoint what's going on. Um, so she, she does the dumbest thing possible <laughs> and enters a very loud dance club where she can't hear anything. It's yeah. brilliant. By the way, they played more great early 2000s house music here. Yeah, so she uh, starts to get overwhelmed by the music. Um, some guy bumps into her on the Cyborg dance floor. Cyborg in the damn club on Christmas? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> like, also, is there like a lot of Christmas clubbing? Yeah. I feel like that's not... Oh, really? <laughs> I've seen this time for, for Christmas clubbing. parties, yeah. All right, all right. I mean, pro- people are going to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, she's on the dance floor. She gets bumped into, this, uh, to, ah, bumped into by some dude. Um, she goes over to the bar and sits down. Uh, she's obviously like having headaches and like it's getting kind of dizzy, and the guy asks if she's okay. Um, so he, the guy offers her some water. Uh, she goes to take the water but drops it on the ground, <laughs> immediately freaks out because everybody on the dance floor are now evil scientists with scalpels. And then there's like scenes uh, of her turning into a cyborg, and so she runs out of the club. When the guy offers her water too, he's like, "Hey, are you doing okay, lady? Do you want some water?" It's he's like, he's like really "It's goofy. water." Yeah, like it's really suspicious and weird the way he says it. It's yes. so funny. And, it, it, you would yeah. not accept water from someone who worded that worded it like that. Well, I think it was supposed to be like it was slowed down. Yeah, it, it was her like freaking yeah. out, but at the same time, it sounded sus as shit. It really did. <laughs> yeah, so she's walking around outside Paris in like a daze. Uh, she eventually finds herself in this like park area, and there's like just gargoyles everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most amazing Parisian park I've ever seen. Yeah, so she's... this is also the most weird Sailor Moon villain type yes. shit I've ever seen. This is this in basically this turns show. into a Sailor Moon episode. Like, yeah, it's so good. Uh, so she's in this park and she's concerned because she can't hear anyone, and normally she hears everyone. Um, that Natalie girl from earlier walks up and uh, three says like, "Oh, hey, you're from earlier. You know, you're the ballet person." And now he's like, well, you were my best friend. And Three's like, wait, are you the Nero, Natalie? That makes sense. That was a long time ago. And then You're Natalie dead, starts, aren't you? Yeah, Natalie starts like insulting her, saying like, what made you quit dancing? You were supposed to be our best, the best person to do the dream of dancing. <laughs> you were the best. You have an obligation to dance. <laughs> you You're legally obligated dance. to dance. You've got, you've got shoes that need to move. You gotta go. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. And that's yeah, so, the whole conversation. Yeah, so there's a flashback of uh, her uh, with Natalie. They're at some award thing, and three won this award for best dancer. And then, like, afterwards, Natalie's like, 
oh, we all tried to get the award, but you got the award, so now you have to be everyone's, you know, do it for everyone and be the yeah. best at dancing. And you can't can, quit ballet. You can never give up. You can never give up on your dancing. And it then sounds yeah. like we're making kidnapped. a goofier of saying, like, but no, this is actually how they said, like, this, you this have whole to be the scene best. just, it goes. <laughs> so um, three is like, I wanted to dance, but fate changed that. And, like, they flash back again. Like, she was getting into some limo to go to another dance thing. And, like, I she, guess she got an offer from the big dance company is what it was. So she was going to go to be in the big dance company. And oops, it was Black Ghost. Why, though? Yeah. Why did he just, why did he kidnap I, a ballet dancer? No, shut, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Because <laughs> they know she would have a good hearing yeah <laughs> yeah uh uh you know as ballet, like dancers, ballet dancers have how they hear super good that thing everyone knows about ballet dancers that's how you have such a great sense of balance you have the good hearing you have the good equilibrium in the ear you can dance right, into the right. oh, yeah. very strong oh, i see so ballet dancing and doing balance work works out your inner ear which mm-hmm. makes your hearing stronger mm-hmm. ah, black ghost is very wise <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she got into the car and the guys drugged her and that's how she became a cyborg um, but Natalie in the present is like, that's from the past. You, you know, your past is over. You must dance now and forget about all your friends. And she's like, wait, how do you know about my friends? That's weird. Uh, like this so, whole thing this is, is the first weird. thing that pings her. Right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Natalie starts walking up to her and she's like kind of scared. Then uh, all the gargoyles just kind of wake up and become live and start attacking her. <laughs> and Natalie yeah. also and her turns into a gargoyle. <laughs> yeah. And they're like very like speed racer level of detail gargoyles. Yes. <laughs> I love them a lot. <laughs> they're the nastiest gargoyle. Like they're the most generic gargoyle looking ass gargoyles. Oh, it's so good. They spent <laughs> upwards of two minutes drawing these gargoyles. <laughs> and um, the gargoyles start yelling at her that she needs to dance. <laughs> and they start walking her down just being like, you always used to love to dance. Why don't you dance? no more and it's like the most confusing sequence it's so good yeah so elsewhere nine is calling Gilmore saying like three isn't here that's weird I'm gonna go look for her so that's all we need to know of that uh, she's shooting at the gargoyles because she's scared uh, Jean-Paul shows up and then he starts acting really creepy he's like you should like, dance sis and are then you melts really in the my brother and it's like no <laughs> what do you think like... ma'am <laughs> I just like we really need to go over again after she already saw her friend who's clearly you know not alive and like then transformed into a gargoyle <laughs> then after after the jig is clearly up now from behind the pillar her brother walks out and is just like yes yeah, you should really dance and then when she's just like I'm I'm not gonna dance he's like no sis you needed to dance and then just like turns into dust and it's he melts like in a pretty like on-screen visceral way it too. It's a pretty Ark of the Covenant way. Yes. Yeah. So three, three is freaking out right now. Um, the gargoyles start attacking her some more. By the way, they this do that. This is the worst. This is the worst an acid trip can go. Holy <laughs> shit! Yes. Like this is this is actually like I took I took acid and mushrooms at the same time and it didn't go well at in all. In an unfamiliar city and ended up in a park. Obviously, the first thing you do when you're back in Paris in 50 years is drop acid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the gargoyles attack. They do that swoop thing from uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Yes. The, right, yeah. Um, 
fucking firebrand loops. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. So morph. Uh, one of them morphs back into Natalie. Uh, she, she keeps wanting her to dance. Uh, Nine is looking around for three right now and looks up and sees a biplane. So of course he follows the oh, biplane and makes yes, sense. Yes. Also, f- um, three. Uh, when Natalie's there, I was like. Oh, I got a bit dizzy and then fell down the stairs. So she was defeated by stairs and she's now bottom of my team. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah, these stairs weren't steep. They, no! They were, they were like maybe three feet down it, over like 20 feet wide. It's like a park amphitheater where there's like big steps meant for people to sit on. And it's not even like a gargoyle hits her. She just loses she just her backs balance up and falls. Over. And falls. Hey, so she's down hey. at the bottom once more. We all know how hard it can be to navigate verticality when you're tripping super hard. Okay? Like those stairs, they bent all the ways. Like, get out of here. Yeah, so we cut to blackness, uh, then lights come on, three is on stage and ballet get up, and she's like, Oh, it's time to dance. So she starts dancing. <laughs> Boy, the rest of this episode is just, it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, so we cut back to uh, Paris. Uh, the biplane is flying over a church, and since Nine has been following, he now sees that Three is on the top, like, terrace of this church, kind of dancing. By um, the like, way, there's no way that he would really know to follow the biplane. No, absolutely not. Because that backstory hasn't been set up, but don't worry. Yeah. It gets uh, weirder. It does. <laughs> Yeah, so he spots her dancing on the roof, and uh, she's in trance land, dancing around in circles, doing ballet. Um, so, like, she starts in her like magical trance land. She's dancing, and then like she starts running away from the cyborg three version of herself, and then in the like, full uniform. Yeah, and like she gets uh, the cyborg three version grabs her in the ballet uniform, and there's a match cut of this, but it's nine good back in reality. Um, he kind of pushes her to the ground, tells her to get hold of herself. She pulls a gun on him and says, I just want to dance. Well, what, what she doesn't realize, but he does, is that she's dancing right next to a hole that falls down like 10 stories. Yeah. So, like, she, she's very close to just dancing down a hole and dying. And he's like, no, no stop, stop dancing. There, there are, are much doing? safer yeah. places that you can be dancing, ma'am. Yeah, and then, yeah, she immediately just pulls a gun and goes, I just want to dance. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> yeah, so she's dancing for her life. Uh, she goes and shoots him, and there's a match cut of Nine getting shot, and also, like, her in Transland, her shooting herself as Cyborg 3. Uh, this Trust snaps no her. one, not even yourself. Yeah, she snaps out of the trance seeing this, and... Goes the whole nine up in her arms because he fell to the ground. But then nine disappears, and then there's fireworks. And then and there's he's random. He's just standing there. He's just standing next to her. It's like, what? Did she imaginary shoot him? Yeah. Like, she yeah, thought yeah, about yeah. shooting him. But it seemed yeah, like no, him because he was yelling at her. We, we caught to him yelling at her to stop, and then he got. Don't worry about shot. it. Well, the thing that made it make sense to me was just that, like, when she shoots him, there's like a gunshot noise, but they're using like laser pistols that are just like, and then they explode. So like, yeah. it was just like bang, and I was like, oh, so there's like fireworks going off, and then immediately and then fire- it cuts Christmas to just fireworks, fireworks going off, and I was like, fuck you. No, it doesn't immediately <laughs> cut to the fireworks, and it cuts to her picking nine off up off yeah. the ground. So and like, then the and, then, and then it cuts to the fireworks and her breaking out of her trance and realizing that yes, also the nine she was holding was fake. She didn't shoot him at all. <laughs> yeah, it's very trippy. So yeah, we cut. To- he had just he had just given up on her like as soon as she pulled a gun and said i just want to like, okay. dance he was like i'm right. not dealing with this it ain't worth right. it you dance. You i feel do that you, lady. 
I feel that in this situation, you just use your super speed to put her down, like, in the middle of the grass field in front of the church and just let her dance until she's let out. Let her dance yeah, out, bro. That's, that's the right move for sure. Yeah. <laughs> she's a cyborg. She can handle accelerator mode. Just yep. do it. <laughs> yeah. So after the fireworks, we see random people celebrating Christmas in Paris. Uh, nine says to her, Merry Christmas. Uh, three asks, like, how did you find me? Is like, it was weird, but I followed this biplane. Don't ask about it. Uh, so they look up at the sky and there's an airplane and it's Bro's plane and then they look at it and the plane disappears and she starts crying. Who knows? And Nine's like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, Nine's like, wow, don't see that every day. How did I hallucinate that? <laughs> she's I, fucking crying right I now. I didn't have a device on my neck feeding me hallucinations. How did I see that? Yeah, Ghost so, of brother. I guess I probably should have mentioned in the club the guy that bumped into her put a thing on her neck and now that's how yes. she's crazy, but... Yeah, we cut to the dolphin. Gilmore's talking about the thing that they found on Three's neck. Uh, it's a brainwave control device, and it causes hallucinations. And so Nine's like, "Why did was Black Ghost trying to hurt Three? And Gilmore's like, "Nah, we're just a warning because you know he's, no, he's just the- fucking with us. He really is." <laughs> also, he yeah, mentions he- that it probably broke when she fell down the stairs. So all the stuff afterwards was like Three <laughs> subconscious right. trying to like reconcile her she old just wants and new to life. Dance. And- Wow, yeah. he was armchair uh, psychologist. Yeah, boy, Gilmore just spins a fucking yarn here. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like it's where nightmares he, and desire mixes. <laughs> he does, in fact, imply that she wanted to dance so bad that she pulled a gun on Cyborg <laughs> 09 with no actual, like, drugs in her system. Like, yep. she just was so in the zone of, I just want to dance. <laughs> <laughs> And then the greatest part about this is after the fucking Gilmore gives his like 30 second long bullshit explanation, Four's like, oh, thanks for explaining it to us. Yeah. Like, totally <laughs> this, I don't know if the dub added this, but it was perfect. Four is just the because best. It's, a, it's like the zoom out shot of everyone in the cockpits and no one's mouth is moving. So like, I feel like it might have been the dub just being like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, professor. Sure, Some porn viewer was like, all right, yeah, for, all right, yeah, yeah, okay, professor. And so the uh, last uh, scene of this is nine, or sorry, three in bed sleeping. Uh, she's having a dream, and she's like, I never want to take off the red shoes. It's scary having to take off the shoes. I just want to no, dance. No, you have to take them off or they'll throw you in front of a train. That's how the movie ends. Yeah, she looked this up. I looked it up. It ends with, like, she puts on the shoes, and they make her dance off to throw herself in front of a train. Hmm. Don't take on, don't put on the shoes. Take them off. Uh, take them off. Actually, I think the shoes are good though. <laughs> <laughs> she danced real good, good, actually. So uh, that fuck is acid trip. We're going to the comedy relief episode now. That We're going to Gilligan's so Island. Good. That episode was like legitimately like. So many times in media, people try and do like acid trips and stuff, or like someone smokes weed and then everything looks like rainbows and it's all bullshit. This is probably the closest to an actual <laughs> drug trip I've ever seen in a show of just like I went into a club, something bad happened, and now I'm like seeing my past attacking me and turning into gargoyles, and then I just fell down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and now I just want to dance. That's when I woke up. Episode 12 starts. uh, We're in a plane with uh, 5, 6, and 7. It's in the middle of a storm and they're flying over the ocean. They're running out of fuel. Uh, They eventually crash into the waves. 
During this whole time, six and seven are freaking out, and five is completely stone faced because that's just his character. That's it's his whole character. We're gonna get some unfortunate Native American jokes in this one. Yeah, not, not even jokes, honestly, just tropes. Yeah, I mean, they're all all the cyborgs are kind of tropey anyway. They're all fairly tropey, but. Yeah. Uh, so they're on an island now. Uh, they're trying to fix the plane, uh, but they have no fuel for it. Um, apparently, Seven flew over to the island uh, as a bird, and there's no one there. So they're stranded on a desert island. Seven could just turn into a boat. That's not a living thing, is it? I thought it had to be a living thing. Is that really li- He's turned into like a He's turned into rocks, the bomb right? before. He turned into a stick. He's to turned break into the a rock. He did, yeah, yeah, he turned into a rock. <laughs> I like so, how we don't even know. He can just turn into anything he wants. Well, but, we'll get to the whirlpools eventually. But yeah. that wouldn't give us a deserted oh, island he did, episode. He did mention when he turned into the professor's daughter in that episode. He was like, yeah, sorry, that one took me a little while to get down. Which, does that mean he needs to practice? How long maybe, was he maybe, practicing being a seagull? Does he practice being a rock? Oh, that's just <laughs> natural to him. Maybe it's for accuracy. Like, <laughs> the seagulls he turns into aren't very accurate. They're kind of goofy looking. But, like, the the daughter that he turned into... <laughs> the seagull's dick is all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now he's... Now he's think, Seven probably role plays pretty hard in the bedroom, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, he can't be stopped. <laughs> It's like that scene from that X-Men movie, perfect. It's like oh, fucking Roger Rabbit. Yeah. So anyway, uh, six and seven are arguing. Anyway. Uh, six is blaming seven for, you know, crash landing the plane. And seven's like, we were looking for that signal. We had to go find it. Uh, while they're arguing, five is over in the corner lighting a fire to make a signal. Um, he's like, we shouldn't move around if we don't have any reason to. The team will come looking for us. A very reasonable thing to do. Seven's like, I'm just going to make a boat and leave. Bye. Uh, five says no and they like look over the coast and there's like a hundred whirlpools off the coast of this island no explanation this is like a fucking Legend of Zelda Wind Waker island yeah <laughs> just 50 whirlpools all around it that's the whole point of this he's island he's like, he's like what the hell is this a whirlpool convention get yes. out of here this is ridiculous <laughs> like yeah, so Five's like, uh, since we're sitting here, I'm going to go look for food and water and walks off. Seven's like, fuck this, I'm going to fly away, I'm a bird. And so he turns into a bird and looks around. There's nothing around for miles, so he's just kind of doesn't do that. Um, we get some shots of Five touching a tree, and they're like, what is he, some kind of tree whisperer or a tree psychic? And he's like, I found a fruit tree, and walks off in a direction. So they're like, oh, cool. And so they follow him, and then they go to a tree, and it's dead, and they're very angry at him. Let's would... be real. That would be like nothing but crab apples if this was a deserted island. Yeah. Uh, so there's more wacky hijinks. Uh, six and seven get themselves trapped in some vines, and then they start trying to eat grass. And then later they get attacked by a carnivorous plant. And then five has some bullshit where he like listens for water, but he also always makes them find quicksand and shit. It's they try to play he this hockey. Was... It just sulfur water. water. It's water that's like. Yeah, like sulf, like super sulfuric. Like it's like uh, from what do you call it? Like those like volcanic outcrops, like hot springs or something. But like a sulfuric hot spring where it's like very gross and yellowy and stuff. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So they make fun of his native radar. Uh, Good job, guys. Uh, Seven starts complaining um, about something. Six falls down into a hole into the cave, and seven falls, and they try to drown each other. This is, it doesn't really matter. Uh, five thinks that there's something behind the cliff and starts <laughs> punching it and he finds a metal wall so there's more to this island than, you know. And he keeps punching that too and that's what he's doing for the next 10 minutes. I love it. He's just like, well, one way inside, I guess. <laughs> 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 <Just start swinging. laughs> Part two. 
Yeah, so six and seven find themselves in the cave and eventually make their way into this factory. And it's like, uh, they start looking around and they realize it's been abandoned for a long time because one of them draws their finger over this machine is like, that's a lot of schmutz. That was, that was six. Six was like, that's a lot of smush. It's a good word, schmutz. Schmutz. <laughs> Uh, so they hear sounds and they start freaking out and so they hide behind some stuff and it's clanking and the shadow appears and so they it's pull a very a gun. robot type shadow yeah they pull a gun on it and the robot zaps them and then the robot's eyes turn red and scan them and they start screaming uh, we cut over the five he makes his way into the base and they eventually run into him uh, the robot uses its red eye things on five and so five gets super defensive like it's about to attack but seven informs him that it's super harmless and the robot no just he's friend them. Yeah, apparently the robot thinks that they were made by Black Ghost because they have the uniforms on, and they kind of were made by Black Ghost. So yeah, it's like they're a higher ro- up in yeah. the pecking orders. So the robot listens to them. Yep. Uh, so this robot kicks ass. By yes, the way, this, this robot is the owns. best we robot. We should actually take a moment. Yeah, the robot looks like the very '60s style robot. So it's like very thin tube arms and legs with kind of like a cylinder-ish. It's like sticks and orbs and cylinders, and that's it. And it it rules. It also, also it's like seems super to have wide big. hips. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, super big hips. I don't know. I guess because it needed to be. Hey, Those it hip- wouldn't fall down the stairs. You wouldn't get no, no eyeball falling down the stairs nonsense. This true. Guy. The robot's <laughs> hips do not lie because he is a robot and incapable of lying. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so later they find themselves in like a storeroom or something and Seven's just chowing down. Um, they're talking about the base. Apparently Black Ghost made the base and did something but then left it because it's been abandoned for a while. And they must have left the robot behind. And so they name it Scarecrow because it's all black. And they think that, like, you know, it stood around after the master left and continued to do its job. Um, the whole deal with Scarecrow is it will listen to what they say, but it misinterprets their orders all the time or only, like, fulfills the word of the command. And so, like, Wacky seven... machine yeah. learning hijinks. Natural <laughs> language processing. No one knows how machine learning works. <laughs> Especially not the 60s. God, no. uh, so yeah, like the example of Seven said it wanted water, and so the robot just shot it with a hose full of well, water. Well, it was like, give me lots of water, and so it just got blasted with seawater, and it was like, no, I needed a little bit of regular clean water to clean off. Oh, no. Yeah. Got so Five's like, well, how about we have the robot show us around for more info to see what happens? So they go exploring the base. They find its power also, generator. Also, like, they, they do this whole big spiel about how you have to give them specific instructions. And then Six goes, all right, robot, give us the full 50-cent tour. Like, and that that's not actually comedy. The robot just starts walking them around the whole thing. It's I thought like, that was really absolutely, weird. Absolutely, that sounds like the bee's knees, boss. <laughs> 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 It's like, well, you have to remember, the robot's old as shit, so it's programmed in old-timey language. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it just starts playing 50 Cent at the club or something, but... He, he does, does say cruising for a bruise, and at some point, that is something my mother says. <laughs> yeah, so they walk around the base, they find the power generator, it's out. Um, Seven's like, we're never going to be able to repair this, it's too complicated, so the robot shoves them aside and starts fixing it. Um they look around more. They find out that it's a like robot production facility that was like kind of derelict. So I guess Black Ghost was making robots or something. Seven thinks in that an it, island in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Seven thinks that it might be like a sleeper base, like to be reactivated whenever it's needed. Um, they look around and find the power source. So oh, this is where it's too complicated for them, but the robot turns it on. Yeah. Um, Thanks, robot. None of this really matters. Eventually, they find plane fuel, and so they're like, hey, we can leave now. We can go fill up our plane. But while they're finding the plane fuel, like a camera spots them, and then like spots that Five has a gun. It spots the gun. He's got yeah, a gun. It spots one of their guns, and then it immediately sets off the 
full alarm system with from the fucking seeing a Cobra singular gun. To I don't them. understand why Black Ghost would set the <laughs> super advanced alarm system that could scan down these cyborgs and know that they were Black Ghost cyborgs, but the instant it sees a gun, it freaks out. Like, I would assume this base would be guarded with people with guns. Nah. You are assuming a lot of competence from Black Ghost when historically everything we've seen. <laughs> we've <laughs> no had granted. 12 episodes of incompetence. Yeah, they need to grant the cyborgs a certain 80 role so they have credentials. Right, right. Guns. Yeah, so different robots start attacking the cyborgs. Um, there's fighting. Uh, Six wonders why the Scarecrow isn't fighting, but there's like, oh, it's just a helper robot. It's so nice. Um, more fighting happens. Six is. God, can you imagine doing cybersecurity for Black Ghost? <laughs> <laughs> can you? Imagine? Oh, like, I don't care how much he's paying. That's a hostile work environment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Why didn't my email send? Oh my Did you God. click the send email button? What? <laughs> like, you have to log in. It's like, why can't I log in? It says my password's incorrect. Did you change your password recently? I do not like special characters and these apps with lasers. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah six is about to get shot by some of the robots but the scarecrow dives in and takes a hit for him uh the scarecrow is getting shot up my and six hero is getting super angry so he picks up the fuel that they have and throws it at the evil robots and blows it up with his fire breath the, the scene is great because six could have gotten away at like any point after the first shot but he sort of just stares there, like up at the at scarecrow as scarecrow gets shot 50 times and also his arm gets shot off and he's yeah. just like, no. I have fire breath, but fuck it. I could just kill these guys, but my friend has to sacrifice himself heroically. I don't know why he has Scarecrow to throw no. the fuel. He could have just used the fire breath to melt the robots. Like, he's melted, like, entire things <clears throat> before. I don't know why the fuel was necessary. He got real mad. Yeah. Yeah, so, um... Apparently, by blowing up the robots, it sets off the self-destruct sequence in the base. <laughs> I love this self-destruct sequence because the fucking, like, voiceover for the entire base just comes up and says, You've defeated our robots. That means that we have to activate the self-destruct system. <laughs> yeah. Like, Two minutes to yeah. get out, motherfuckers. <laughs> Better get moving. <laughs> Yeah, so six is, uh, they start, uh, five and seven start running away, and six is like, we have to take Scarecrow with us, no man left behind, and so they're like, oh, fuck it. So they go back and start hauling off the robot, uh, but as they're leaving, they get zapped by this, like, electric trap thing that traps them in the room. The electric um, floor. Yeah, so they, like, they can't leave the room or whatever, but somehow the zapping wakes up Scarecrow, and then, like, it goes over to turn off the power, and as it does this, it's doing Scarecrow the... goes through the microwave tunnel and yeah. saves us yes. all. The heroic sacrifice. <laughs> um, yeah, Six is, is really hero? sad and gives out a big no, and Scarecrow pulls out the thingy, which stops the timer at six seconds and falls over, and Six cries. Really makes you think... Uh, later outside, Six is trying to fix up Scarecrow, like attach its arms back together with pieces of like vine and wood. <laughs> it's going to work. Yeah. Seven is saying that they wasted a whole day and tomorrow they're just going to make a raft and try to leave. Um, there's rumbling. They think it's Black Ghost, but the dolphin surfaces offshore. I don't know why it's not having any problem with those whirlpools. Maybe it's too big. Yeah, That's exactly. Uh, Nine's like, hey, we followed the signal from base. And so it cuts over to Six telling Scarecrow, listen, buddy, I gotta go. This is my goodbye, but I'll come back eventually one day. And so he gets on the dolphin and leaves. And Six is like, how long is it going to stay there? Five's like, until Black Ghost is defeated. And there's a shot of the Scarecrow with a cape. They gave him one of the cyborg capes because he's a member of the team now, but not hope... enough of a member of the team to take him onto the dolphin yeah, where there's plenty like, of room to keep him. Why didn't you just bring him? that thing on the fucking ship and have Gilmore fix it? Because he makes cyborgs. He can make a robot. 
Yeah. No, no, you've got to leave him behind. Well, I don't, I don't know. I was three so left her pass to dance. Um, six left all of his orphan friends behind, or uh, nine left all of his orphan friends behind. Six, he doesn't really have any material attachments, really. <laughs> so he had to become friends with the scarecrow. It, it was baffling. I was just like, why, why, why are you leaving him there? What a tearjerker to finish. And then the song. they're like, how long will he be there? And it's like, and 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 uh, five was like, until we defeat Black Ghost. And it's like, no, you can just get him now. <laughs> you're right. You're right there. He could probably have his own bedroom. Yeah, and like, couldn't you just like pick its mind and figure out where Black Ghost is? I mean, I think like the implication was they were thinking it would have like there would be an auto turn off if it got too far away from the factory. Potentially true. Yeah. Then you just spoof the Wi Fi on the dolphin and you're fine. <laughs> we're just going to set up a fake arcade oh, machine network. Maybe yeah. it's like zero, zero, 0013 and there's like a self destruct if we see the robot. If the janitor bot turns traitor. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe that's just what Black Ghost does. He just installs self-destruct and everything that might turn against him. Mm-hmm. Except Cyborg 001 through 009. They, they didn't get that. He got right? smart after that. Hmm. Tenth time's the charm. <laughs> I, I just feel this was too old for them to be smart about that. Like True. It was a very old base. So maybe it's before they got upgraded to like 5 gigahertz wi-fi or something maybe they just didn't want to write a robot into the rest of the show (laughs) what (laughs) no (laughs) well next time it'll be uh 13 to uh 16 i believe it will um guess what episode 13 is about 007 Right. That's going to be some real right, comedy they, times. They mentioned going to Britain in the one where um, oh, no. they sent three to Paris. They were like, next stop is Britain. Wait, wait, wait. So hold on. Episode 12 takes place between France and England. They're Apparently. very close. And there's they no islands in the tunnel. Really as I know there are of. no islands in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely we, not. Look, we got off course. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> I did a wee bit. It happens. All right. I'm looking well, forward to the British episode. Can't wait. <laughs> God. <laughs> Until next time. Uh, space anime. Space anime.